Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and let's go right to the phones. And joining us is Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. Did you catch that? I elevated you to an outdoor personality. I heard that. It, uh, that was great to hear. And I tell you, that was a pretty awesome interview you did before that. My, my focus was to talk about hunting, but when you talk about still water fly fishing, as you guys mentioned, I think it is literally one of the probably biggest lacking efforts that we see in the state and such an opportunity for all fish. And you guys are talking about smallmouth and those opportunities. But you think about the lake trout, the pike opportunities on Stillwater. It's it's literally a, a worldly destination that I don't think near enough people take advantage of. Well, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, and they'll go to the ocean and fish, you know, and they'll fish for bonefish and whatever the, and the saltwater. But I think, did you hear what I said, why I think a lot of fly anglers don't still fish? I did. I did. Absolutely. Do you think that's true? I think they're just not comfortable. They just need to do it and gain confidence. A hundred percent. I think, you know, like you said, rivers, not that it's an easy task, but when you pull up on a stretch of river, it's easier to read what's below the surface by the surface conditions. As where you get on a lake, so many flyingers are just lost. They don't know where to start, how deep it is. You know, they don't know where to set. Even the trout still water anglers don't know where to set their rigs on on you know, some sort of nymphing rig or anything like that. So I, I think there is a, a lack of confidence that goes into it. But, I mean, just for myself example, I've been doing a lot of stillwater fly fishing. Honestly, I've been averaging two to three stillwater fly trips a week uh, for about the last month. And I have to say, Terry, that on these big, giant Colorado pike, we have a ton of food, and by no means would I say that these big fish are easy uh, to catch just because of our, our larger food source that we have here in Colorado. And when you present those large streamers to them, my overall catch rate is everywhere. You, know, I- you, cut, you cut out on me there for a minute, Nate. Are you there, Nate? Okay, we were losing you there for a minute. Let's switch gears and go to the hunting while we got while we got you in case we lose you again. Absolutely, you know, Terry. So where we're at right now, it's opening weekend for muzzleloader. Uh, the archery hunters are still in very much pursuit, uh, but we have a couple of big things happening. When we're talking about the muzzleloaders out there, we started off this morning, and the woods have been kind of quiet. Yesterday, leading into this muzzleloader season, things were a little quiet. And I keep getting a lot of questions, but it's very much like we anticipated last weekend on the show. The next big kind of estrus phase for the cows is coming up this Thursday. So I, I think that it's still worth getting out right now. But I think really Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are going to be the peaks of this next phase. So whether you're a muzzleloader hunter or you're out with archery equipment, if you're going to be looking for vocal elk, calling elk, I think the big focus of that is going to be this coming week in the middle of the week. So get out there, hunt, but I would not overcall to these animals. I would not over-pursue, uh, more so just with the anticipation 
that coming up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the new moon is in the middle of the week. Um, I think they're going to kind of line up the, the estrus phase of the cows, more breedable cows. The bulls will be much more vocal. I think everything is going to take off midweek. So if you're out there now and things are a little more quiet, don't get frustrated. Don't get disappointed. Really kind of have that anticipation of maybe hunting a water hole, maybe still hunt. And then really, I think you're going to hear the vocalization of these elk pick up middle of the week. And I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So just kind of more uh, a shout out to everybody. Hold in there. Hang tight. I do think you're going to see a major improvement in the elk hunt uh, coming up middle of the week this coming week. So really get ready for that. And then I will say today was the first day we started to see deer starting to shed their velvet. So a lot of our high country mule deer, uh, we saw our first bucks today starting to shed that velvet. I think that some of these will remain in velvet for about the upcoming week. But we always talk about this because it's a significant change. The second you see our mule deer go hard horn is the time that their patterns change. So if you've been hunting the high country, high elevation, and you've been watching these deer and they've been in a pattern, you're going to notice that as these deer shed their velvet, you're going to see them kind of change their patterns. They're going to start spending more time uh, being nocturnal activity. You're going to see a lot of them dropping out of the high country and into the trees. You're going to see slight migration. Uh, again, the rut doesn't happen for the deer until November. Uh, but long story short, the second the velvet comes off, we start to see these slight pattern changes on these deer, uh, and it changes quickly. So for the hunters out there, everybody says, yes, we get your concept of what you're telling us. What do we do? So number one, if you are on velvet deer, you have that pattern. I put a little more emphasis, get out there, hunt harder, hunt longer, um, you know, not to push the envelope a little harder, but you're going to try to get that animal harvested while that buck is in those, you know, normal patterns. Once they go harder and if they start disappearing, I really start putting more focus on watering sources, uh, start putting areas on game trails in and out of the darker timber where those animals are migrating to. Uh, but you're definitely going to see the change as more of these deer shed their velvet in the coming week or so. Now, is this cool weather that we're going to have moving in starting tomorrow over the next week, and it may seasonally stay fairly cooler, is that going to change the patterns? You know, I think it's going to, as we kind of come into this new moon, cold weather mixed with that new moon is only going to increase the elk activity. So I do think that our elk activity, we're going to see a, a pretty awesome boost because, again, we're going to get the peaks of the estrus phase, which only help things, um, and then all of a sudden you're going to really boost into the colder temperatures, getting the animals on their feet a little longer and keeping them on their feet. So I think for the elk woods, it's going to be absolutely on fire. For the deer, I don't see a lot of change. Our, our high country deer um, that are going to be the high country they're not going to really have a major effect. We're still having extremely cold nights in the high country, so I don't think the high country deer are going to really see a bigger increase in that activity. As they shed their velvet, uh, it might keep the hardhorn bucks on their feet a little longer, but I don't see a significant change on the deer side of things. But the colder weather is definitely lining up perfectly with the estrus phase of the cows, so I think that the elk hunting is going to be awesome. I will also say that I do think that colder activity is going to help the bear hunters out there. You know, last year we had some record numbers of bear harvest uh, during archery muzzleloader and during the 
the special rifle season that's going on right now uh, for the Bears. This year, things have been good, but I would not say that we're, we're setting records with the bear harvest so far. Um, but I think the colder weather will help with that. I think they're going to spend more time on berries, more time starting to move into the acorn patches. So hopefully the colder weather will get the bears a little more active, a little more on their feet uh, and helping with that. But I would say, you know, over a couple of weeks there, you've asked me about the significant moisture and how it's changed things. I would say that so far from our overall harvest reports, that the bear has probably been the biggest thing that all the moisture has significantly slowed down. The bears are not having to migrate very far to get to water, to get to food, to have extreme cover. And when you talk about a, a shorter profiled animal, you know, elk are standing so tall, they're above all the grass, above all the vegetation. Um, it's a situation where those bears can really get in and hide. So I think the extreme moisture so far has had the biggest effect uh, on the overall harvest rates and success of the bear hunters in the field right now. Nate, before we move on, I want to ask you about ice addiction. But before we do that, um, what should the the first rifle guys be doing right now? You know, Terry, I think the biggest thing, I, I think so many hunters are afraid to scout during the season. Now, I think this is a, a respect thing and uh, a concept of obtaining information. So what I tell people right now, if you have a first rifle tag starting there, you know, basically that, that you know, October 13th, 14th, whatever that Saturday is, um, if you have that rifle tag, that is going to be basically the last phase of the rut. So you're going to be getting into the last estrus phase of the cows. But that first rifle season, notoriously, we still consider a rut hunt. The bulls are still bugling. The big mature bulls are still with cows. There are still active harems. Everything is happening um, for the elk herds in a rut activity for that rifle season. So as we move in this week into a major rut phase uh, of the elk, I think it is important important for the rifle hunters to get out there watch where the elk are right now because where they are right now they are still going to be during that first rifle so why these animals are extremely vocal you can get out there right now listen for them find them build patterns um even though things might change a little bit over the next month um i think you're still very much on probably the most current information you can have now with that the biggest thing for me when i am out scouting right now since i am not participating in the archery or muzzleloader season and I just try to have respect. As I go out in the woods, I'm doing a lot more long-range glassing. So get to the top of a peak or sit in your truck with a spotting scope, but I'm not right on top of the animals. So that way the hunters that are actively pursuing those animals, I'm not you know, blowing them out with my wind. I'm not pushing the animals. I'm not putting pressure on them. I'm not interfering with any of the current hunts going on, but I'm still out there watching, observing. Uh, and I can tell you, I, I think that archery hunters and muzzleloaders are very talented hunters. So it's pretty pretty worthwhile in my opinion to go out and watch how they approach you know where are the archery hunters parking their vehicles where are their camps set up how are they approaching the herds you can get out there and literally watch a play-by-play and watch the success and or watch the failure and you can learn from both of those so when you get in the woods with a rifle in your hand uh you have that much better odds because again i always tell people if you can hunt with a rifle but act like a bow hunter a muzzleloader with those tactics it's the best of all worlds. So if you can learn to call like an archer 
archery and muzzleloader would if you can work and kind of have that approach like those early more primitive methods but yet you have the firepower of a rifle and the distance of a rifle uh come that season that is the peak of all worlds so definitely worth getting out there watching observing getting all the intel of, of everything access points approach uh where the animals are it's going to lead to that much more of a successful rifle hunt uh coming up in early october my friend, we have about a minute left. You announced the ice addiction schedule. Tell us about it. We are so excited, Terry. So, you know, every year we have slight change-ups, uh, slight moving, moving of the date. Uh, so this year we are on an absolute tremendous bite. Um, so we start off the season uh, in early January at Blue Mesa. We're excited about it with the high water levels. Uh, it's really going to offer opportunity to fishing some more channel edges that weren't available last year due to the low water. So we kick off the season at Blue Mesa. We'll be at Elk Creek Marina uh, with the higher water levels. We're excited about it. About it. Our biggest fish in ice edition history came at Blue Mesa when the water was up. Uh, it's very similar conditions this year, uh, so we're excited about that. So we go there first, then we're going to Utah to Steinecker. We've been going to Steinecker in February, uh, but that peak bite has definitely been in January. So we've changed things up to go to Steinecker Reservoir in January. I think we're going to be back to you know weighing in hundreds and hundreds of fish. That water level is extremely high, so I think we're also going to see some bass and bluegill at Steinecker. So we're excited about that. And then we're very excited. We have not brought ice addiction back to the front range in almost three to four years. Um, so we're bringing ice addiction back to Chatfield Reservoir. Uh, so really excited about that. Uh, and then we end the season at, at Grand Lake. We moved that event later to not conflict with any of the tournaments, uh, the tournament at Wolford or anything else going on. So we're excited. Again, we have the perfect schedule. And I will say this is ice addiction's 10-year anniversary. We have some awesome prizes. We had some awesome changes. So coming up over the next month or so, we will slowly roll out some of the prizes, uh, some of the change-ups, and just kind of the unique uh, features that we're bringing this year to iSection's 10-year anniversary. And uh, to kick it off, for sure, we have a, an awesome lineup this year. We are out of time, my friend. Uh, if any people want more information, it's Tight Lion Outdoors on, on just about every social media platform. That's it. And you can also always follow me on Instagram, just Nate Zelensky. We do a lot of our personal hunting stuff on that page. Uh, but, yeah, follow us on our socials. Uh, we're excited. We'll have a ton of information next week. Uh, again, this is that time of year where things are changing fast. So stay tuned next week. We'll have a lot more information for you. All right. We will talk to you next week. Thanks, Nate. Talk to you soon. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, the folks at Jack's Outdoor Gear are going to talk to us about fall and winter tent camping right here on Terry Wisham Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.